Phil, that was uh, two monks, Tiagananda and Prafulananda, both uh, from the Self-Realization Fellowship. And uh, this uh, interview is the second in our series on Yogananda, and uh, this series being done in large part because you're out with your new biography of Yogananda, The Life of Yogananda, now available. And uh, I know you put much of your life into this book for the last few years. It's I did. Well, let's researched. just uh, qualify what you said um, for listeners lis- uh, tuning in uh, before April 24th, 2018. It is available for pre-order, but won't be uh, shipped until the okay. 24th. And today's March 25th, 2018. Uh, so you, you know where we're at right now whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, it, uh, it was very interesting. These monks are obviously extremely devoted. Uh, it, was, it was funny. One guy was from Italy. And uh, I always mm-hmm. wonder how anybody from Italy becomes a monk in any tradition. Because uh, my, I'm of Italian uh, descent. And uh, when you're in Italy, everything is so sensual. That the thought of somebody going in becoming <laughs> maybe that's a monk. why. Yeah, maybe he was overwhelmed <laughs> and went inward. Very nice guy, and uh, I met numerous Yogananda monks both in uh, San Diego and Los Angeles. I've even been out to their uh, Menza Ashram, Hidden Valley, uh, which is uh, east of uh, San Diego, and uh, always very friendly, very informative, uh, very articulate people, and, and very committed to. To uh, not only the philosophy, but the, the, they spend a lot of time in meditation practice. Yes, indeed. Um, I've only found uh, people associated with uh, Yogananda in um, all the organizations associated with him to be uh, very kind and friendly and warm. Uh, and as you say, the monastics. Uh, the SRF monastics uh, sort of are, uh, epitomize that very yeah. much. The, the, the organization seems to be run by monastics, uh, men and women. Yes. And men are a little yes. more outward. And if you're ever in, uh, anybody's ever in Encinitas, they also have this in Los Angeles, but I know in Encinitas, which is North County, San Diego, uh, every Sunday, it's like going to, they have, it looks in, like a church. Well, actually yes. now it looks like a big meditation hall. There's a new facility and uh they have a service and it's it's lovely and it's anybody can go and i think anybody can feel comfortable there there's nothing uh that you have to prepare for in going uh and uh they always give it and monks usually give a uh a good 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 talk Uh, i yeah why did he decide to have monastics run his organization it was because he was a monastic himself well it's for one thing um very traditional in India. You know, India has uh, a long and ancient and honored tradition of uh, sannyasis, people taking uh, renunciate vows, and some of them are sort of wandering ascetics, and the the culture uh, dictates that people take good care of them and uh, feed them and all that because they're honored. And uh, most of the um, Swami lineages are, well, Swamis are usually monastics. Very rare that there be householder Swamis, but there are some. Um, And um, 
they're run by monastics. So the sort of custodians of the Vedic tradition have always been in India thought to be uh, best handled by by monastics. And I know that Yogananda felt that um, those who could completely devote themselves to the um, quest for self-realization and union with the divine uh, would be most in tune with the kind of uh, wisdom and intuitive uh, sense of uh, the knowledge that he was uh, he sought to propagate because you know they could devote themselves completely to that and those more established and higher consciousness would be the best uh, custodians um, to keep things in its in its purity I mean and that was the understanding. Um, not because householders are not uh, fully capable of realization. It's just that they're they have other duties. They're more distracted. They have you know they have to earn a living mm-hmm. in a different way, and they have to raise children and have family obligations. So they're not as able to be as completely uh, single-minded as as monks are. And so that's how it was uh, mm-hmm. decreed. And it's been that way ever since. You know, in SRF, they've had four uh, presidents who succeeded Yogananda, um, and the current uh, brother Chidananda, who has been president only since uh, July or August of 2017, is the first one not to have known Yogananda. How old, how, approximately, three. how old is he? Um, early 60s, I'm guessing. Right. Because uh, there were two women that preceded him. Maybe One, maybe 50s, come to think so of So younger, it. much younger. Because yeah. the, the two women that preceded him heading up the organization, one was, uh, uh, you know, when she passed away, I believe was in her 90s, and then the last uh, uh, president, she was, uh, you know, quite... Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, on in years when she, she came into uh, that position. Uh, Phil, I wanted to ask you... Uh, and both of them, I, both of them, I should add, uh, uh, became disciples and became monastics as very young women. Right. And so Diamata, uh, the first of the two, she was president of SRF for incredibly 55 years. Wow. And then when she passed, she was succeeded by... Uh, um, Rinalini Mata, who uh, for seven or eight years, I guess, uh, uh, until she passed last year. Right now, most of the monks that I know, and I know quite, a, I met quite a few, and these are all male monks. I think women monks are generally more inward uh, than the men in uh, the Yogananda in uh, self-realization. Yeah, anyway. more working uh, behind the scenes. Uh, are all the monks? Uh, uh, the male monks uh, active in the world, teaching and doing stuff, or are there some that are more reclusive and and spend um, more time uh, uh, in meditation? And 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 the follow up question: to This is I understand they have uh, separate organizations for uh, the West and 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 India, yeah. and if their activities are the same in 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 uh, both that's places. A good question. So, so two uh, questions the, there. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is I'm guessing, and I I don't know for sure, but um, you know, when Yogananda himself wanted to become a Swami and take renunciate vows, um, he was 
it seemed a little disappointed that his master, Sri Yukteswar, said, you know, you're not going to be sitting in meditation all day. This is, you know, my disciples are active. You have a big mission in the world. Uh-huh. You're going to be a monk in the world, essentially, mm-hmm. with with a job to do. And I think most of the uh, monastics around in Yogananda's lineage have <clears throat> tasks to perform, and um, maybe some uh, spend more time, you know, uh, in seclusion and meditation than others. But I think all of them are. Uh, required if not you know just encouraged to do both you know they they're to have a a, a strong sadhana and a regular practice and r- retreats and so forth uh, and carry out their duties in india it may be different i've met uh, a number of the uh monastics when when i've been to india and um visited them they seem to be, you know, very much like the ones in in the West. Very busy, running, uh, you know, the Indian organization. Um, whether they have more reclusive ones in the sort of more traditional sadhu mode, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They they uh, uh, <clears throat> the uh, they they seem to all be trained, at least in the West, to speak and and uh, give give sermons or lectures. Uh, I don't know I, if they all are, Dennis, but. You know the ones who do. It's more often men than women who right. do it. And uh, they seem. I, they also have many more facilities uh, in the United States and worldwide than I knew about. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. And what, what's interesting about the uh, Self Realization Fellowship, Yogananda's main uh, branch uh, of, of of teaching, propagating his, and there are other organizations devoted to him, but they're they're the largest and. Uh, I must say, uh, and I've had a lot of in- interaction with them, uh, they don't uh, aggressively go out and seek uh, no. devotees or, or even uh, uh, people to teach their techniques to. Uh, you have to go to them and they have to feel uh, that you're very sincere in your seeking. And then you can learn certain meditation. Then if you want to get more uh, advanced meditation, you have to... Uh, actually uh, mm-hmm. make some promises. And then if you want to be, become a monk, they explained to me, <clears throat> there's several stages, first two oh, yeah. years and then another two or three years and another, mm-hmm. before you make final vows, which is, which is similar right. to uh, like uh, Trappist monks in the Christian tradition, and I'm sure in many Which other is why you traditions. never made it. No, I never made it past the first <laughs> week, but, you know, I, I figured, you know, I might as well give it a try. <laughs> No, you're right. Um, they don't. They they don't proselytize very much. They don't. They're not out there recruiting. You'll see advertisements in local areas, in like the religion classified ads, like where there's you know notices for church services. You'll see uh, notices for SRF um, services and uh, that sort of thing. And you'll see occasionally in places ads for the autobiography of a yogi, which is their greatest recruiting tool, Mm -hmm. but they, they're not aggressive about marketing or reaching out or doing anything like that. I think they've learned over the years that, you know, um, word of mouth 
and the autobiography and Yogananda's other written words are the best forms of advertising and every one of their publications directs you to how to find out more and how to get sign up for the lessons and so forth and of course they have an online presence uh, really uh, well-designed uh, website with a lot of information. But but you're right, they they don't reach out. And one of the things I found when I was researching my, my book was um, at the time Autobiography of a Yogi was published in 1946, I, I don't have the exact numbers here, but there weren't that many centers and temples in the SRF lineage compared to now. But when that book took off and became well-known and started to be translated and distributed in other countries, that's when you saw the growth. It was quite limited to, to you know, major cities mm-hmm. in the U.S. and India. And then it suddenly, you know, really took off and you started to see uh, centers in European cities open up and South American cities open up, more cities in the U.S., more cities in India, and so on and so forth. And now they have hundreds. Wow. Well, Phil, uh, a wonderful uh, uh, interview with these guys. Uh, and uh, again, this is the second in our series on uh, Yogananda and uh, Phil's book, uh, The Life of Yogananda, is Soon to be available, available depending upon yeah, when you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we, we pre-record. That is a podcast. and, and uh, yeah. So uh, uh, w- what date should it be fully available? It'll uh, April 24th, uh, 2018. But they, they sh- people should go to philipgoldberg.com, find out more about the book and how to pre-order it with the free gift for the pre-orders. And I'll also be doing a bunch of... Uh, I'll be making appearances in different cities uh, come May, June, July, okay. so they can find that information on my website and say hello when I come to their town to promote uh, the book. I'm looking forward to reading a <laughs> book. It's it's a fascinating life, and uh, it should make for a great read. And and as I said before, I know for one thing, knowing Phil, this has been thoroughly, thoroughly researched over a, a long period of time, and, uh, and so uh, it's exciting that it's finally coming out. All right, Phil, till next time. Thank you, sir.